This podcast is an unedited excerpt from an MCLE program presented at MCLE's Conference Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Please note that MCLE's products, services, and communications are offered solely as an aid to developing and maintaining professional competence. The statements in this recording may not apply to your circumstances, and no legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice is being rendered by MCLE or its speakers. For full terms and conditions, please see the MCLE website. So now that we've kind of gone through um, the pros of uh, and the cons, I like to say, of settlement and the pros of going to trial, I, I definitely want to take some time to talk about um, how to identify the right settlement agreement uh, for, your, for your case and obviously for your client. So at some point in a case, the decision of settlement versus trial has to be made. In all cases, uh, we all know that the, uh, the terms and the conditions of the settlement agreement essentially uh, is in the hands of our client at all times. But our job as an attorney is, is to be able to guide our client to that result, right? And also as attorneys, uh, we have to carefully consider and discuss with our clients all the choices that they have. Plan A, Plan B, Option C, however you want to lay it out, but you have to really lay out all the choices that they have, and obviously what choice you believe could be better, et cetera, et cetera, but the choice is in their hands. So making sure you discuss all the choices with our clients and helping them to, that they, making sure they understand all the components of their case that might influence a decision of settlement versus going to trial. And we have to have a realistic understanding of whether the settlement offer is fair or if uh, the, they could do better by going to trial. And, it, and if it means we can get maneuvered into settlement, uh, we have to just be careful not to get maneuvered into going into settlement uh, quickly. So I wanna be clear about that. So as we're going through this, this, um, this MCLE uh, today, uh, it's definitely not with the intention of um, kind of saying that settlement agreements are the way to go all the time. It's just making sure that we're able to know the right time um, to settle and making sure we're able to craft effective settlement agreements for our clients. And we need to be able to be prepared as attorneys to advise clients when it is good and beneficial for them to make that move to settle. And then to be able to negotiate firmly and fairly uh, on their behalf and when settlement options are not satisfactory and a case is very strong, um, we need to be able to make certain that our clients are fully informed of the pros and the cons of proceeding to litigate their case to court, uh, even if they don't want to hear about the cons. Uh, it just reminds me of, uh, of a situation I recently had with a client where I was going over the cons of going to trial, um, and she wasn't necessarily happy about me expressing the cons um, but at the end of the day, she was very appreciative of it, um, and she decided she wasn't going to go to trial. Um, so sometimes you have to make sure that you're going over the pros and cons. Even if the, the, the client doesn't necessarily like to hear the cons, at the end of the day, it is your job to make sure they understand both sides of the picture. So as attorneys, we need to carefully, essentially, weigh the risk at, of trial and the potential uh, rewards at trial. It's like a balancing test. There's risk at trial, there's potential rewards at trial. And we have to have 
um, do that balancing test with our clients and for our clients um, when considering also settlements as well. Balancing test. What's the risk of settlement? What is the um, rewards of, of settlement? Same sort of thing. And there's no guarantees, as I mentioned at trial. You will either win or you either lose uh, the case. So awareness of all the risks and the benefits of going to trial versus settling out of court can be highly constructive in the decision-making process. So um, these are all the things that um, I definitely consider when trying to help me to know when I need to really um, consider settling for my client. So I have put together a few client examples that I want to take my time with you guys today to go through together uh, and to try to keep this thing interactive as much as possible. I know I would love to be in person with you guys, and I know you guys would love to be in person with me, but we're going to try to keep it as interactive as possible. So I put together some um, client examples that I want you guys to practice. So um, we're going to go through this client example together, all right, and I'm going to take a moment and click to my left again and go back. So I just pointed out one, two, three, four, five, six, right? So we just went over the risk. You have to consider knowing the risk and rewards of trial and settlement. We know that we have to understand that the decision of the case in our, is in our client's hands, right? We have to understand the specific situation, perhaps the case value. Um, uh, we have to understand the client's personal goals and make sure we understand the odds of achieving a successful settlement versus going to going to court. So I want to kind of uh, practice some of this going through some client examples. So that way you can really understand what I mean about sort of identifying the right time um, to sort of settle a case and how to really identify uh, a right sort of settlement agreement for our client. So let's let's see if we can work on this together. So I'd like for you guys to meet Angie Baxter. Made up the name, totally made up the name. So let's work on it together. So Ms. Baxter, let me just move this up here so I can fully see the screen. Ms. Baxter has hired you to represent her in a land court action in which she is a defendant. She was the seller in a real estate transaction where she refused to sell her property to the buyer shortly after signing a purchase and sales agreement. Her reasoning for not selling is that she simply changed her mind. Buyer adhered to all terms and conditions of the agreement. And there is nothing upon your review of the agreement that would support the seller's position. Buyer subsequently filed in the land court against Ms. Baxter, requesting the conveyance of the property. Mrs. Baxter would like to remain in the home and is willing to litigate this matter. She is 70 years old and has never been in court. She, oops, should she rather take this matter to trial or should she settle? So let me give you, let's say, a minute here. I want you guys to try it on your own. 
and going over, I'll click back if this helps, going back over here, I want you guys to practice in Mrs. Baxter's situation. What are the risks and rewards of going to trial for Mrs. Baxter versus going or trying settlement? What did we know was Mrs. Baxter's personal goals? What's maybe the case value? In other words, uh, it, and it may not always be a number of, of what the case is worth, right? This is not a personal injury case, but how important, like, you know, what is her personal goals? How successful would she be if she went to trial in this case based on what I told you versus trying to settle? So take a moment. I'm going to click back. Now that you know the things I want you to consider, I'm going to click back to the case and take about a minute and consider those things. And we're going to work on this together. And then I'm going to tell you some of the things I thought of as well. So take a minute. Okay, so I think that was about a minute. I don't have a clock in front of me, but I think that was about a minute. All right, so I want to go over with you some of the things that I thought of um, in sort of thinking whether or not it was a good time to uh, settle or maybe sort of go to trial and what I think I might incorporate if I was considering a settlement agreement for Miss um, Angie Baxter. So the first thing I thought of is, what was her personal goals? I thought to myself, well, she would like to remain in the home. Then I said, what was the odds? What was the odds of a successful settlement agreement um, versus sort of going to court? So I definitely, I probably should have put this in text, right? Because I was like, she definitely should avoid trial because based on everything I just read, she doesn't have a case. She just simply changed her mind. And I don't know if we have any real estate lawyers uh, out there, uh, but you guys know once you sign a purchase and sales agreement, unless there's some conditions in there that allow you just to change your mind, which there's never going to be any conditions that allow you just to change your mind, you pretty much breach the agreement, right? So I put there, avoid trial high-risk decline. So what do I mean? I think we need to focus on settlement, right? So that's why you see in number three, settlement, faster resolution. Number four, I didn't hear that cost was any kind of sort of concern for the client, but I was like, 
However, settlement is still probably the best option for her. Then I also put a note here, keep private, out of public record, I said, you know, settlement, I think is also, uh, again, another good option. If I was to craft a settlement agreement for Mrs. Baxter, I would want one of the terms, um, at least to be, definitely negotiating the lowest settlement amount possible as, you know, that's a given, right? We always want to um, have our client, get our client out of a situation with the lowest settlement amount possible, right? And probably definitely returning the buyer's deposit along with other essential terms, okay? So this is not, we haven't got yet into all the terms we want to put into a settlement agreement, guys. We're going to get there, so don't worry. But right now, we're just kind of practicing having an eye for the risk and rewards and how we would just generally analyze client situations, okay? So hopefully you guys picked up some of these things and you guys might have some other things that you guys picked up as well. So for purposes of time, we're gonna meet another client. So this time we are going to meet Kevin Mitchell. Hopefully I'm doing well with the name. Mr. Mitchell has hired you to represent him in a family in probate court action in which he is the plaintiff in a complaint for custody, support, and visitation. Mr. Mitchell and defendant mother have a three-year-old child. Prior to your client filing the complaint, the father was taking the child every weekend overnight from Friday to Sunday for the past year. And now he seeks a formal court order to reflect the party's arrangement. Defendant mother has changed her mind about overnight visits and says that she would prefer only one weekend day, a week for a few hours. This is the best she will offer she provides no reasoning as to why she would like to reduce his parenting time. Mr. Mitchell is not willing to reduce his parenting time and would like to keep his overnight weekend visits. He states that he is budgeting $10,000 for this matter. Should he take this matter to trial or should he settle? So again, just a friendly reminder of the things that we should consider, all right? Knowing the risk, knowing the rewards of trial in settlement. We went over the long list of pros, we went on the long list of cons of settlement and trial. Knowing our client's specific situation, knowing our client's goal, perhaps case value, knowing what the odds are of achieving a successful settlement for the client, knowing the odds of being successful at trial, okay? Just wanted to remind you guys of that. So same thing here. Let's take about a minute or so, and let's see what we can come up with for Mr. Kevin Mitchell. Just take a minute.
Hopefully you guys are ready. All right, let's see. I'll show you what I came up with and hopefully you guys, you, you guys might have came up with the same thing. So when I came and, and, and sort of thought this through, right, I thought of first and foremost, I always think about my client's personal goals. I, I think that's always sort of top of mind for me. What is my client's personal goals? I always think of that before I think of honestly what's the risk of going to trial and everything. I say, what does my client what does my client want, okay? So the client is looking for overnight weekend visits every week, okay? Then I said to myself, what is, are the odds of a successful settlement versus, you know, going to court? Am I better to go to court? Am I going to be able to get a better, better result going to court instead? And so I made a note here that it's probably likely that I'm going to get a better outcome going to trial um, versus trying to settle. And I put a note there saying high risk to client. And why am I saying that? Well, I try to make it kind of clear in the example here to kind of be a hint, right? That mother refuses to give a better offer. So why am I giving that hint? Because essentially, if you try to consider going to settlement, you're essentially almost wasting your time because it takes kind of two to kind of want to go into sort of a mediation settlement direction, right? So when you're going in to try to settle a case, both parties have to have a willingness to try to want to um, want to mediate or to try to consider at least, even if you don't have a meeting at the of the minds at the moment, to at least try to mediate and to head into a direction of a mutual understanding of terms and conditions. Um, I think you have to at least be have a willingness, right? But in the hint I gave you, I said mother refuses to give a better offer. So I'm telling you, there's a hard line there. So if mother refuses to give a better offer, trial is a better option. Also, maybe you guys picked up that um, he already had a sort of consistent track record of having overnight weekend visits every week. And maybe you guys also sort of picked up on the fact that mother didn't really have a justified reason for her change. Um, I didn't really say anything about safety factors or anything. And of course, these are fact patterns. So, and you guys might be as lawyers always kind of in your mind thinking, you know, about other things. So, um, you know, I try to I try to keep it as limited as possible, but, um, and give hints where necessary. But if we kind of just basic, basic off the limited facts here, um, there are all the reasons here for the most part to take this matter to trial. I also made a note as I always do in real situations for my client, whether, whether or not a cost is, is a concern. And I put cost is a concern for my client. I put um, uh, 10,000 may or may not be sufficient to cover a, the entire cost of services, including a trial. And I said, you know what? I may offer a payment plan option depending if a case you know, is beyond my client's you know, sort of budget. So in the situation here, I'm saying, you know, the client is saying $10,000 is all he has, and I don't know, could the trial could be less, could be more, but I, I, I think it's a good time where my client is being very clear about this is his budget. It's very important, I would say, at the outset to be clear that um, if that is the direction that we are advising the client and the client does decide to take it, and you're billing, let's say, at an hourly rate, that's a good opportunity to obviously tell your client there could be a possibility this trial could be more than this amount. Last but not least, 
Um, if you remember, I was kind of at the beginning when we were going through the pros and the cons of trial. One of the cons I was highlighting is that trial is long, drawn out, and it's emotionally taxing from many of clients, okay? And emotionally taxing for the attorneys as well, I would say, right? That have to go through it with the, with the client. So in this specific situation, though, I, it can be really uh, cause a strain on the current co-parenting relationship, right? So what do I mean by that? So in situations where people don't have an ongoing situation where you have a, a plaintiff and defendant here, that all that they, they can keep their, their self se uh, separated. In other words, leave their uh, lead private lives, even though they're litigating uh, in, in the same matter. It's very easier to keep emotion somewhat out of it, I guess. But if you guys still have to face each other, because let's say you have a minor child together and you're consistently, um, you know, doing exchanges with the child and stuff, it can definitely have a bearing on a co-parenting relationship. If you think about it, if you guys are, uh, you know, in court and things like that, and then at the, at the end of the day, hey, I'm going to pick up the kid, it can really cause a strain on the current co-parenting uh, relationship. So obviously... Um, that is something personally the client is going to know for um, him himself in this sort of situation, but um, it definitely can cause a strain on a co-parenting relationship. And last but not least, hopefully you guys are getting the hang of it, uh, for anybody out there that could be interested in criminal law, if you practice criminal law, this is uh, going to be the thing for you. Um, meet Jean Lowell. Jean Lowell is a 22-year-old student in second year in college, in his second year in college, he was arrested and arraigned on a assault and battery charge. The alleged victim, another college student, alleges that Mr. Lowell punched him in his face at a dorm party. Mr. Lowell has hired you to represent him in this criminal case. Mr. Lowell is adamant that he did not touch the alleged victim and that he only got in a argument with the student the Commonwealth has provided 10 statements from witnesses who observed Mr. Lowell punch the alleged victim in the face, and there is footage supporting the Commonwealth's position. The video was properly obtained by the Commonwealth. Mr. Lowell has a clean record with no arrests, no charges, and he is concerned about jail time and probation. He wants to continue to go to school and protect his record. Mr. Lowell is willing to go to trial and prove his innocence in this matter. He is not concerned about the cost of trial because his parents are paying for his services. Should he take this to trial or should he try to reach a plea arrangement with the Commonwealth? So I think we got it from here, guys. You're gonna go through those factors quickly and um, we take a minute and we're gonna come back together and see if we have similar responses.
All right, so for purposes of time, I'm gonna go ahead and, and roll through to the answer. Um, so looking at the client's personal goals. So in this situation, um, Mr. Lowell was very concerned about jail time and uh, probation, okay? That was top of mind for him. He was also very, um, he wanted to, to continue to go to school. He mentioned about his record um, and he was very uh, wanting, he really was concerned too about proving his interest, right? That was something very important to him. So then I said, well, what are the odds? What's the odds of achieving a successful settlement versus trying to go to trial? I immediately took a note, avoid trial, high risk the client, and to, I was going to likely obtain uh, a better outcome with settlement. And why is that? Uh, he, you know, I try to put as much kind of keywords in there to kind of put you in this direction, that pretty much all the witnesses, all the, the footage, all that was pretty much stacked up um, against them. And obviously, if you're a criminal defense attorney, you're you kind of, again, the wheels are spinning, you're thinking about all these other outside factors. But if we go with the fact pattern, it would likely lead you in the direction to say, okay, possibly a plea arrangement would be the way to go. All right. Now with the settlement, um, some of the terms you would probably, or factors you would consider is the fact that this is, he has a clean record, first offense, um, perhaps you know, there are other options to settle this besides just, you know, you know, a guilty plea because he's so uh, sort of set on in the fact pattern, he was sort of set on the fact that he uh, wanted to prove his innocence. So even though he's pleading to something, you may say, well, it's kind of still a plea, right? He, how is it proving his innocence? Well, there's other options instead of pleading to guilty. Uh, you may not want to plead to certain facts, that sort of thing. There's just a little bit more options as opposed to going to trial where you only have the option and risk of either guilty or not guilty, okay? Um, also a faster resolution. I was very concerned about the whole school situation and I made a note, I can't really do anything about school here. Um, that's independent of anything I can do. The school's gonna have their own policies and procedures about what ultimately they're going to do. Um, but the faster hopefully I can resolve this for him, he can go on to school and whatever happens there happens. Um, and I made a note that he's not concerned about class because he said he was up front, his parents were going to pay for it, okay? I also made a, uh, a little different note here that there's a, a risk to the client's reputation a little bit um, because there's other students that are, that are going to testify against them and probably be brought to trial. So, um, you know, you're in college, your reputation is, is everything. So hopefully that was helpful to you guys um, in terms of just how to in, identifying when uh, clients come to us, how to sort of do that balance test, that risk and reward, considering our clients' uh, personal goals, et 